I mean, it, listen, we're talking about practice. I am stressing to you. You take this outfit home and you burn it. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. We couldn't do diddly, poo, offensively. One on one, I'm undefeated. Never lost. High fly ball in the right field. She is gone. That's over. It's reached. It's over. Way downtown. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am Rick. Hey, I'm Fez. It's been a while, but we are glad to be back. Yeah, it's been a while. You and I have been a little busy this past uh, week and a half. Yeah, first off, say that. First off, how was your first day of school back? Uh, if Fez, if anyone doesn't know, he is a teacher. Uh, today was good. It was teachers only. So the kids oh, it's still teachers only? Yeah, kids don't come back till Thursday. Oh, lucky, lucky, lucky. Yeah, so uh, it was a good day to be back. I was happy with it. Started setting up the classroom, had a successful soccer practice, went home and ran, just getting myself back into the routine of wake up, go to school, go to practice, come home, work out, sleep. Nice, man. Welcome to the monotonous life of the adult world. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I don't I don't get a, uh, a, a 90 day summer like, or not exactly 90 day, but a long summer like you, but. You heard it here, for the record first, I fully admit Teachers complain more than any other profession out there. Teachers always go, my job is so hard. Shots fired. My job is so hard. Coming from another teacher. My advice, suck it up. Everyone's got a job. Everyone's got stresses at their job. And again, we get some time off in the summer too that other people don't want, um, don't get per se. I was sitting around the other day and I was like, man, my summer's coming to an end. And my one friend goes... Well, yeah, it's Labor Day. This is my summer break. <laughs> true, dude. Mm-hmm. True. It's it's rough because I mean, uh, what was nice about this Labor Day? I mean, for one, uh, me and Feds. Feds was even part of the uh, the party. Uh, we're at a wedding for the Savards. Congratulations mm-hmm. to uh, Mike and Nikki. Traveling Europe at this very moment. See, that's so smart. If I were, I mean, hopefully one day I'll get married. But if I were ever to get married and want to get, and go on a honeymoon, I'd want to do something like that instead of like laying on a beach, like it seems like everyone else does. Fitting that Savard, as a Packers fan, managed to find the Netherlands National Museum of Cheese, <laughs> and they had cheese heads. <laughs> that's that's awesome. Leave it to the Packers fan to find the cheese head. But congratulations, Mike and Nikki, as you're traveling Europe. Enjoy it. Congratulations again. Yeah, the wedding was a blast. It was a lot of fun. A lot of good people. A lot of faces I haven't seen in a long time. You so got that was... right. There's people I haven't seen in years. Yeah. Yeah. I... Yeah, definitely. For me. Do you remember me hovering around your table yelling uh, at people? Have you listened to the Wide Open Sports Cast yet? <laughs> I, you were doing a lot more recruiting than I was. Or not recruiting, uh, advertising. Advertising as in listen to this or die. I wouldn't say you're at that extreme. I don't know. I mean, you had a few in you, so that could have been what you were saying behind my back. But in front of me, you weren't saying that. I would have, I would have held you back a little bit on on that type Just of a advertising. Bit. But uh, I felt like that's what my attitude was like. Yeah, man. But uh, Labor Day was fun. Uh, it was very relaxing for me. Just, uh went to the wedding. Had a lot. Had a blast there. Uh, besides that, I mean, besides me working, doing other things. 
Really, really. Well, I mean, it was kind of eventful, but uneventful at the same time. It was eventful at one point, but not eventful from there. Right. But uh, yeah, dude, Saturday after the wedding, laid in bed, got some. Uh, I'm a North Jersey folk. Got some Taylor ham, egg, and cheese. Pork roll. From Vasio's. Shout out to Vasio's Best Breakfast Sandwiches in all of Central New Jersey. If you are one of those people to believe Central Jersey exists or if you're in the, there's just North and South camp. Laid there, woke up, watched The Founder. Highly recommended, by the way. The movie about the guy who found a McDonald's. Great movie on Netflix. Highly suggest checking it out. The as Founder. well as I watched the Tracy Morgan Netflix special, which... I heard that wasn't that good. I I thought it was funny. I fell asleep during it. <laughs> My girlfriend loves comedies, like loves watching stand-up comedy. She said she loved it. It was weird, and it was hard to laugh at sometimes because the entire thing was about him and his coma. That, I mean, it was... Like, I don't want to say this, but like from what some people tell me, it was like kind of just like... Not necessarily people feeling bad for him, but it was just because it was just such a poor thing that like you had to laugh at it. Exactly. So, I mean, I don't know. I I would give it a shot. I haven't watched it yet. I mean, there's also so many more comedies. and like, I haven't watched The Founder yet. I'd rather watch The Founder before I watch Tracy Morgan. I would go up. with you on that. Watch The Founder. But uh, well, that's good. All right, man. Let's uh, let's jump into it. Let's, uh, the first thing we're going to jump into uh, first, which was big, uh, not, not just for sports. Huge. But for um, America, the economy, the people of America, um, was the Houston floodings, Hurricane Harvey, and how sports were involved in it. Uh, definitely the biggest storyline of the week was J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt has already locked up the SB Man of the Year for the next 10 years. I, at least for this year. He has to. I mean, it, it's unbelievable. He's raised $19 million for... Hurricane Harvey relief. And originally, he only wanted to raise two hundred thousand. That was his original goal: was I want to raise two hundred thousand dollars, and he's closing in on twenty million. I mean, he, he's just—he's uh, such a modest dude. One of my favorite quotes he's ever had was he was—he was paid that big, big lump sum of money after he signed that big contract. And what, a reporter that was interviewing him asked him, "How do you feel? How does it feel to be rich?" And he goes, "I looked up what rich people buy." Didn't really like what I saw, so I'm going to keep doing what I'm going to do. He was in the weight room at 4 o'clock in the morning the day after he signed that big contract. He, he was doing that. I mean, also when, like, the hard knocks that he was on, he always did that, like, well, he, not always, that one time he did that, like, long-ass post-workout. Right. So, I mean, he's just overall a hard worker and a great guy. Everyone wants to be a beast until it's time to do what beasts do. J.J. Watt. Yes. And then also, uh, ESPN hosts Day of Giving. That was basically something where they had a phone number up during all their games throughout the day, and if you texted that number, you were able to give $10 to charity, which was a very nice gesture from ESPN, who's had some bad press lately with a few things. Yeah, and also, I mean, that they had that. There was also every network was uh, uh, showing the uh, Red Cost uh, – like five digit number they can donate ten dollars to i saw i've been seeing that that was across the bottom of my tv for that was on days. tv uh i have i have sirius xm radio and whenever there was a commercial on usually on on my screen because i have like a like a four by five screen in my car it'll usually say what the commercial is every single time during a commercial it'll be like dial this number to donate to red cross and it's great honestly while we're on this topic 
it goes beyond the world of sports with rivalries, except for one instance we're going to get into in a little bit, which is the one thing that was definitely not a donation. But you see all these people, you have all the differences and all the everything that's going on in this country right now. And for how horrible the circumstances are, everyone has come together for a great cause. Yeah. And it's it's really good and relieving to see, including the Red Sox and Yankees auctioned their game-worn jerseys from Sunday night's game. All of the proceeds went to Hurricane Harvey Charity. Which is a good thing that they did. Uh, what what they didn't do well is something that we'll get into a little bit later. But Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was pretty bad. I don't, I don't know. I don't know the numbers on that. Whatever they uh, made on that. No, I don't know either. But that was something that they had both announced, putting aside the rivalry for a, a greater cause. Exactly, and a lot of people have done that before. Even when I remember uh, when the Boston bombing happened, Yankees like put up the Boston Strong on Yankee Stadium. That was they usually when times of tragedy happen, especially I would say especially between the Red Sox and the Yankees. They put their differences aside and try to help each other because, I mean, they want the rivalry to be there. They don't want it to be destroyed because exactly. it, it's such a, I mean, it is a financial gain for both of them, but it's such a driving point in sports and in American history. And this is one of those times where it goes beyond the game. Yes. Uh, next, the University of Kentucky men's basketball team raised a million dollars for charity. It's great from a bunch of college kids. Yeah, especially since they can't profit off of any of that, but I mean... That them raising a million dollars is like something we nothing can be taken away from them. Good for those guys. I mean, they're such a powerhouse. I mean, they're they they're possibly better than some NBA teams. Brooklyn Nets. So they uh, good for them on that. Some other Texas people also donated money. Jerry Jones gave three million. James Harden, the savior of the Houston Rockets, donated one million. So that was a great gesture from two very powerful sports figures who are in Texas. The Mets, during their series with the Astros, volunteered on their day off to go and help. And Matt Carpenter has pledged ten grand for each home run from the 28th to the rest of the season. Every home run that's will be 20, money. That's the 28th of August. I probably shouldn't have put that in the, uh, the notes. But, yeah, um, I guess I, I don't know if Matt Carpenter is a Texas guy, but, I mean, that's still just an awesome gesture. I mean, he, he makes a ton of money, so good for him. I don't know. He, and he does hit home runs. Not a lot, but he does hit home runs. So whatever he makes from that. Uh, one thing that wasn't a donation. I kinda, no. <laughs> I kind of I want your opinion on this. All right. The Texans Rangers refused to swap home series with the Houston Astros after the Harvey devastation in Houston. Now, my thoughts are what my thoughts are probably different than yours. What do you think about that? Do you think that was okay? Do you think that was... See, I think I know your thoughts as well. I'm pretty sure I know your thoughts as well. My thoughts, cut me off if I'm getting into your thoughts. I think the Rangers didn't want to do it because it's giving them an unfair advantage with the playoff race going on right now. I mean, I don't know where the Rangers are. Houston's pretty far ahead, but... Yeah, mine's very similar. I mean, they're they're in competition right now. Which is uh, why I was thinking the Rangers don't want to change that up, like change that part of the schedule, because later on in the season, when the Rangers could be pus- pushing for a wild card spot, instead of coming to Texas, they would be going to Houston. Yes. So I, I think it makes sense for them, and I think it was perfectly fine. I, I mean, they're actually doing, they're actually working for something right now. Unlike say when the Cowboys Texans preseason game got canceled. 
from the NFL because they allowed the Texans players to go back to Houston to be with their families and help their community. Uh, I thought that was that was that was perfectly fine. I thought the Texans Rangers not allowing them to play at the field at their field was perfectly fine as well. The fact that they, I mean, it's like that they go all the way to Tampa Bay to play that those games. Yeah, like there's nowhere else closer that they really could have played. Yeah, and that's that's a burden for both teams when you think about it. Yeah, so I mean that that's like a like an unfair fair advantage for both teams. Right. It definitely does make it more even. I mean, I'm still kind of in the camp that like Texas, come on again. It's one of those moments. It's bigger than the game for the Rangers. But I do see where they're coming from is I'm sure they would much rather have that later home series against the Astros when they're pushing for the wild card and have that home field advantage rather than making a trip to Houston and what could be a critical series in their season. Yeah. So, I mean, pretty much at this point, it's just like God bless Houston, God bless Texas. I I hope that they can make a fast recovery uh, faster than what people had to go through with Hurricane, Hurricane Katrina. But uh, unfortunately, that doesn't look like it's the end of damages right now to uh, America and for sports because this is kind of just developing. Uh, nothing has been fully set in as of yet. Uh, the Miami Dolphins and the Bucks game has been rescheduled. Earlier this morning, uh, the NFL had a phone conference with the Bucks and the Dolphins about what they should do week one with the potential of Hurricane Irma hitting Florida. Hurricane Irma just got upgraded to a level five, which obviously, like what happened with Katrina, which I think was also a level five. Correct. Uh, that's very bad. And um, they're saying with Irma, Irma is about to push the limits of the strongest hurricanes of all time. The hurricane is currently so strong as a category five that it's registering on the Richter scale, which measures earthquakes. Yeah. So and that's how powerful the storm is. God bless. Uh, my girlfriend's currently doing some work training in West Palm Beach. She'll be flying out Thursday night, getting out of there right before that storm hits. But again, thoughts and prayers. Hopefully things change. The current projections are that it's going to hit Florida, but who knows with the weather. Yeah, hopefully it just breaks that it changes. Yeah, I'm just hoping that it turns back into the Atlantic. So what are they going to do with that Bucks dolphins game? So uh, as of right now, it's unofficial, but uh, I follow uh, Adam Scheffner, like probably most football fans and sports fans do. He uh, posted a few hours ago that the Bucks dolphins game, likely to be scheduled for week 11, which is November 19th, when both teams have a bye, uh, which is crazy that, I mean, one, that both teams have a bye that time. But I, at the same time, it's kind of sucks for them because 16 straight games it's 16 straight games uh, i mean it'd be hard for them to like say like play a game on a tuesday when they have like a game on sunday then tuesday then sunday again uh one thought was to move it to this thursday which would also be a problem because one they're trying to evacuate people yeah i saw that some places are already considering evacuating on wednesday yeah well, they're gonna evacuate people also i mean thursday like that, it would cut into their practice time. They're already scheduled practice time, so they probably weren't doing as intense of practices, say, as Kansas City and the Pats have been doing since they're supposed to be opening up. And on that's Thursday. been like that for a while. Now. That's been like that for a while. So it'd be unfair to them because there's all always complaining about players playing too much, like for pre preseason or also. This is going to be challenging for both teams. Um, fantasy wise, it's going to be way different. Uh, 
if that happens, then I need to pay attention and change all my fantasy teams because I know I have – like I, I, I think he's on my bench, but I know I have Jay Cutler on one of my teams. God bless the Pennsylvania Wagons, my fantasy football team. I'm praying I hope don't finish in last again. But, uh, yeah, I mean, again, like, like I said with – Houston, uh, God bless the people of Florida. And thoughts and prayers for a speedy yeah. recovery, and thoughts and prayers that well, Irma hope, hope, does not touch Florida. Yeah, yeah. Ho- hopefully, nothing touches Florida because uh, we don't need it. The economy doesn't need it. Unfortunately, I mean, even being up in Jersey, we've already been affected by it because our our gas rates have jacked up already. Yeah. New Wawa just opened across the street from me virtually, and thank God, I've been waiting for a year for that to open. And gas is up to 260, which for us, wherever you're listening from us, if you're listening to us from any other part of the country, that's expensive. For New Jersey, that's expensive. Yeah, even even after we pass the gas tax, that's expensive. So I can only imagine what Pennsylvania is going through because every time I go through Pennsylvania, I'm like, what the heck? Yeah, so I mean that's expensive, and I mean Pennsylvania by me used to not be as expensive as New Jersey, but now it's definitely jacked up. So thoughts and prayers. Uh, plus yeah. Again, yeah. That, that's, that's the, that's the less of our problems. Thoughts and prayers with both the people of Texas and of Florida, the people who definitely need it more than us. All right. Yeah. And that let's, uh, let's move on to uh, something a little bit happier. All right. Next, we got the McGregor Mayweather fight. Now I know it's been, we haven't been back in a while. Yeah, we had to take a little bit of time off because we were both very busy getting prepped with school, work. We had a lot of events the last two weeks but, going uh, on that kept the both of us very busy. So our apologies for that. But we were finally able to respond to this. Mayweather TKO McGregor in the 10th round to go 50-0. and 0. What are your thoughts on that? I was Team Notorious. I thought he did much better than I thought. But realistically, <laughs> you just said I thought he did much better than I thought. Whoopsies! <laughs> I just want to point that out. You we, should, we should get a blooper reel. Yeah, let's re- reword that. Reword Let, that. Let's reword that. He did a lot better than a lot of people thought he was going to do. I agree. I I mean, I predicted him in our in our uh, Mayweather McGregor podcast that he would last to the seventh round. I think you were sixth. Yeah. Uh, I had McGregor winning though. Okay, I, I, I had uh, Mayweather winning. And so. realistically, looking at it, when you're looking at that fight, especially through the first two, three rounds, people were actually getting very excited. Like, wow, Connor might actually win. Well, the first, like, the first three to four rounds, he was doing very good. The only problem with him was he went back to MMA mentality and started doing stuff with his hammer fists. <laughs> yeah. And um, anyone who knows boxing and knows Mayweather knew Mayweather was just saving up and was letting him spend his energy. He still got a couple good shots. The one uppercut he landed was pretty lethal, but Mayweather was just buying his time. Yeah, and Stephen Stephen A. Smith this week had or this this past week and a half has been making so many good sound clips on it. I I, I wish I found one. We should we should have saved it for uh, recording for this. But he kept saying that that was the worst Mayweather has ever fought. That was that was Mayweather showing his age finally. So was the fight worth it for you in the end? Oh hell yeah! I mean, one. I mean, we we both went to a uh, a party at our friend Joe Rose, and by the way, thank you Joe Rose for hosting that. Yeah, great uh, job. I mean, it was good to hang out with people again. People I haven't seen in a while. People that were in and some new faces we've never met before, and some new faces. Uh, and it was just overall a fun time. The fight uh, was better than what people thought, and for me as well. Uh, I mean, it definitely slowed down towards the end. I was like, 
shit, I hope McGregor can make it out of this, but obviously he didn't. But I was let, hoping he, at that point, I was like, please at least just get to a decision, maybe. Ten rounds, though? That That is that is so worth the fight. Uh, ten the, rounds against the greatest ever when you have never boxed before. Yes. And honestly, for me, I think this was a benefit for boxing. Uh, I was worried that it was going to hurt boxing, but I think it was a benefit for boxing. Because we thought that the fight was going to be a dud and everyone was going to have PTSD back to Mayweather Pacquiao. That, I thought that, but also, uh, one, it was way better than the Pac fight. I mean, that, Not even close. Not, not even close. Secondly, that he was able to get a TKO on him and it didn't just last the whole way. I thought that was good, kind of just like putting the, the guy that's not a, really a a boxer to not win if he won it would be worse for boxing but it's got me to think more about boxing and me to research more boxing canelo versus ggg coming up yeah i was They're saying I was, that's gonna be the true fight of the yeah century. and everyone was saying and everyone that was on radio these past week and a half was saying if you want to watch real boxing watch that fight so i'm excited for that i think uh, that's gonna be great i will definitely at least be going out to watch that one and uh, I, I like this question that you posted for us. Uh, are we giving McGregor too much credit for losing? Is uh, this like in this whole participation trophy era? Are we glorifying the loser too much? This here? is this is different than participation. He's playing a sport. He, I mean, he was participating in a sport that he really has never done. I mean, he's done martial arts, which boxing is a martial art, uh, and went against the greatest of all time to last majority of the fight if anyone if you were to say particip participation trophy this is definitely a well-deserved participation trophy 100 percent. so i don't think i don't think this would be a bad participation trophy I like others where it's just like random ass bullshit that i don't want to get into yeah but we know that would both get us very angry and we yeah. would sit here for hours but i mean what, what do you think do you think that we're giving him too much credit no, because, again, he held on a lot longer than anyone thought. Remember, I had mentioned this in one of our earliest podcasts. There was bets in Vegas saying, is McGregor even going to land a punch? And he landed a few. Mm -hmm. He landed a few good ones. And, again, the fact that he was able to hang in there for so long with arguably the greatest boxer of all time. Granted, is he 40 years old, hadn't fought in two years, and like Stephen A. had said, was really showing his age for the first time. Who knows? But still the fact that he was able to hold in there and make it a respectable fight. And I think you are correct, too. Here we are now. I remember talking before the fight saying, well, th if this fight sucks, it's going to kill boxing off. Now we're saying, well, it was a good fight. Can't wait for Canelo against GGG. Yeah. So I'm I'm definitely interested in that. But, I mean, I, I don't have anything else to say. Well, actually, uh, you, you brought up something that I had to uh, keep you from saying. was You weren't sure if it was either the truth or false. It was true a conspiracy theory. Yeah, someone, someone said earlier, uh, I think it was before the fight, that Mayweather placed a bet of $400,000 on himself to win in nine and a half rounds. Uh, I think, actually, it was after after the fight. Uh, I, was, I found that that was not true. That someone wrote an article saying that he tried to, but it didn't go through. But there was also in this article that hey, he had someone else do it or something like that. There's that, this whole theory going that, on. That like he, there was a friend of or like an old friend, quote unquote, of Mayweather that placed a big bet of unknown proportions. It could have been 
four hundred thousand dollars. But uh, it was a great fight. It was better than anyone expected, and we'll see it for Canelo versus GGG. I'm I'm, I'm actually excited for that. But uh, let's uh let's move on from uh, boxing. Let's get back into uh, some baseball. Do 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 do. All right, this this one's uh, there's so many interesting things about Yankees in Boston right now. First off, we mentioned before. Don't uh, remind me. We well, we mentioned it before that they donated their jerseys to be auctioned off for hurricane relief, which is awesome. Another thing that I mean, entertainment-wise, I, I I don't have a dog in this fight, but entertainment-wise, that the AL East has come from five and a half games to two and a half games. And if you're a Red Sox fan, you've seen this movie over and over and over and over again. And no matter how many times you watch this freaking movie, expecting it to end differently, it always ends the effing same way. Well, I mean, Boston's definitely had the upper hand in the past, like, 20 years. Well, not not 20 years. I'd say 10. 10 years, yeah. 10 years. They definitely have the upper hand. But do you think the Yankees are going to catch Boston? At this rate, it's going to come very close because the Red Sox have racked up injuries. They are not hitting. Yeah, that's, that's the biggest thing. They're currently, injuries and not hitting. Currently, at this very moment, the Red Sox are playing Toronto and are losing one nothing. What inning? In the top of the fifth. Okay, there's still plenty of time. The Yankees were delayed today against Baltimore. We've, yeah, it was raining outside today. Yeah. And apparently, who knows what tomorrow is supposed to be like 80% chance of thunderstorms all day tomorrow. So, who knows with that. It's I think it's going to come down and be very close. The Yankees need to do very well in order to catch Boston. And Boston, if you look at the schedule, definitely has an easier run-in. The Yankees still have to make a few more harder trips. But Boston has also struggled against Baltimore. They still have to play Baltimore once or twice. Yeah. They close in Houston. I, not in Houston versus the Astros. Wait, wait was Yankees are The ba- Red Sox. End the season against I mean, the Astros in Fenway. I mean, the the Mets are like nothing, but the Astros just ran through us this but week. There's also been a few times where as soon as it starts to get close, like two weeks ago, Boston had just gotten swept by Baltimore, and the Yankees, I think, cleaned up Detroit or something like that. And then Boston swept Toronto, and the Yankees got swept by the Indians. Yeah. So both teams are very hot and cold, but again, from seeing this movie time and time again, I'm not going to be comfortable until the last day of the season. Yeah. Until the magic number hits zero. I think both teams will be in the playoffs. I don't think either team will represent the AL in the playoffs. But you always want those bragging rights. Of and course. also, too, I saw a stat today, and it killed me, and I have a bunch of Yankee fans sending me, like, F you, Feds, you stupid Red Sox fan. The Yankees owned us this year. And for the past couple of years, the series, um, the season series has tilted towards Boston, but there's some kind of stat put out by yesterday, and it was not very pretty on my end. <laughs> what was that? It was just how ugly... I think Boston's average against the Yankees this season was a one nine two. Like they they owned us this year, and you have to give credit where credit's due. Even though the Yankees are the evil empire below Arsenal and Ohio State, uh, in my terms of hating teams, but yeah, pretty bad. Speaking of 
interesting races. Let's talk about a division where the race is already over. <laughs> the, yeah. Are the LA Dodgers going to hit 117 wins and beat the 1906 Cubs and the 2001 Mariners record? I know they've cooled off a little bit. I, I'm going to say no. I mean, they, I think they're more likely at this point to tie it because they have cooled off so much uh, that I don't think they're going to hit it. Their and run was unreal. The, they were actually my, my favorite to win the World Series, but, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely leaning towards the Astros after all the trades that they just did to get, like, uh, Verlander. And I forget the other person, but just, I mean, Verlander as itself out of the bullpen. It is ridiculous. I see the Dodgers in the NL and the AL will be either Cleveland or Boston. Uh, not Boston. Cleveland or Houston, I believe. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I just don't see him at this point hitting 117. What are, what are they at right, right at this moment? Because I know they lost the big one to Arizona the other day, and I'll bring up that reason why. Was a guy hit like four home runs? Uh, yeah, I might, like as that, well, right? I might as well just bring it up right now. Yeah, uh, sorry to be spoiled No, it's there. okay. Uh, j- uh J.D. Martinez hit four runs in a game against the Dodgers the other day. And that I think he is the 18th person. You may have to double-check me, but I'm pretty positive on that. 18th person in history. I guess that they've ever started tracking this. It was in history, yeah. I saw the stat this morning. That a player hit four home runs in a single game. That's ridiculous. I mean, good on J.D. Martinez. The Dodgers are 92-45. and at this moment. 92 and 45. They're close. But this is something right now, I can tell you this. The Dodgers do not want to see Arizona in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean... that Arizona's had their number this year. Yeah, I mean, especially after J.D. Martinez having four freaking home runs off of them. Speaking of home runs, what do we got next? Uh, How many home runs do you think John Carlos Stanton will hit? Is he going to hit 61? Uh, I, w- I wanted to, I think the mark that he wanted to hit was like 65 or 63, which would be about 12 more hits that he needs. Cause his current facts right now are he's first in NL in home runs, which is at 53 first in NL in RBIs, which is 112 second in NL in runs, which is 106. Uh, those stats are just ridiculous. I mean, good for him. Uh, I mean, there's, there's no, no denying how great of a hitter. And I was honestly for at at the beginning of the season, I don't think Miami can get a. They might be able to get a wild card spot at this point. It's very close there, but I was all for John Carlos Stanton be traded by Miami because he they would just bring in so much value from that. The current home run record, if you don't include well not steroid or cork bat players, aka McGuire, Bonds, Sosa is Roger Maris with 61, which still has an asterisk because that's when the MLB was changing their schedule, so they didn't play 161 games at that point. Yeah. Uh, and I think he said he wanted to hit, like, 60. Uh, maybe it was 61. He, he was like, that's the real record because of the cork bat and the steroids era. I mean, if he were to all of a sudden start hitting four home runs in a game like J.D. Martinez did the other day, I mean, that would just be awesome. I mean, I would love to see... I would love to see that that record be broken by hopefully someone that's not taking steroids. That's, uh, I mean, I'm sure he's been tested multiple times at this point and nothing's been brought up yet. And I, I, I don't want to ever say that a player's been, uh, been taking steroids or something. 
But I mean, I just I just pray that doesn't happen because that just that would just worry uh, ruin it for me because John Carlos Stanley is such an awesome player and such a good guy, even though he plays he is even though he plays for a rival team in the Mets. He's, you have he's to such, give him the respect. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I give him so much respect. But uh, what what else you got for us? We kind of hit on it already. How's Verlander going to help Houston? Or is he going to hurt him? I mean, he's coming in from the bullpen. And if they need him, he could probably still pitch full games. Like, it's it's a good trade. I mean, just ramping up that bullpen when you need it for the playoffs. Because, I mean, I'm pretty sure they're in the playoffs now, right? Am I wrong about that? If they haven't locked it up, they're already very close. Because same thing, just as the Dodgers have run away with the NL, the Astros have ran away with the AL as well. Yeah. Boston and Cleveland are currently fighting for the second or third. Basically, who's going to have home field advantage in the Indians against whoever wins the AL East? Yeah, but I, I, I say I say it helps more than hurts. What do you think? I would say definitely helps. Houston's made some great moves, and I kind of honestly now see this after everything that's going on with Hurricane Harvey. I see this almost as the 2013 Boston Red Sox after the marathon bombing. But had the tragedy hit the city, Boston goes on to win the World Series. I'm kind of see starting to see the same patterns here. Okay. I would like to see it too. Nah, yeah. I mean that. At this point, like I'm, I have no dog in this fight. So I mean, my my uh, my uh, my bet was still Houston Dodgers to get in. I mean that's obviously majority of everyone's. But at this point, Houston being such a powerhouse. Like that would be awesome for them to win, especially after this tragedy. And honestly, like it'd be something to yeah, what, like you said, like uh, Boston uh, 08. 2013. Uh, oh shit! Uh, <laughs> oh my god! 2002. They won the World Series in 2007, and that was just off. Yeah. Thank God the Red Sox are winning again. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then uh, similar to when uh, the Saints came back to the uh, Superdome. Winning the Super Bowl after Katrina, yeah, that's well, another. Great I mean, just one. even the first game after with like the the block punt by Gleason, like that, just like that that whole memory. That's like one of those things like you remember where you were when you saw that. Yeah. So yeah, I I definitely for that to help a city or same thing after like the the New York City or the New York Yankees versus the New York Mets after nine eleven Piazza's home run Piazza's home run the, those type of things sports does help. Uh, it helps distract you, and in times a lot of people do need that distraction. Speaking of the Mets and not having any dogs in the fight left, what do you think about David Wright tearing his rotator cuff? Has he seen his final day in a Mets uniform? I never wanted to say this. I've never wanted to say this, but hopefully. I, it's just Really? I thought you were going to say yes. I wasn't expecting the hopefully part. At this point, he's just taking up cap space, and we need infielders. It's just... And if he's not if he's not gonna play, I mean, if he were to get Rotarica, I mean, he's going to get Rotarica surgery, obviously. Uh, but if he were to get it and be like 2001, David Wright, or 2000, I should, or, yeah, 2001, no, 2006, 2006. Sorry, sorry, when they won when they won the series, uh, or when they won the uh, the NL. Wow, I'm really fucking up today. The uh, you're <laughs> NL, fine, but we're getting back into the rhythm. Uh, like that, David Wright, then that would be great. Do you put him down as a Mets legend? Yes. I mean, he, he's the, he's probably the greatest third baseman we've ever had. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean. Went to his first game, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. How oh. about his first ever game? Oh, that's awesome. Uh, I went, I went to the, uh, the, the uh, Subway series with my father. 
when he was playing uh, during that series. But that uh, it just. But I going back, I don't expect him to be at that level. So as a Mets fan, and like it, it hurts for me to say this, I I hope he's done, and we don't have to worry about this. Kind of, it's honestly kind of a distraction. Um, it would have been nice to have him back, even for the last ten games of the se- season, where we're not doing shit. Tebow, Tebow. That's not even gonna happen. That's not even gonna happen. That's not even gonna happen with uh, the way his his uh, minor league season ended. But I mean, it, it would have been nice to have David Wright back for just that little bit, just like yeah. that that little taste. At this point, I mean, I mean, he's gonna get his he's gonna get his jersey retired. Uh, he very well could get into the Hall of Fame. I, I, I really don't know. I mean, I, w- I would like to say yes, but there could be many naysayers on saying, no, David Wright doesn't deserve that. But at least I know for a fact that he will be retired uh, as a Mets. And we, the number f- no one will ever wear the number five ever again. I, I would respect it, definitely. I'm a big fan of David Wright. We already hit J.D. Martinez. What about Cody Bellinger hitting his 36th home run, breaking the Dodgers franchise record for a home run? Surpassing yet another Met legend, although in a Dodgers uniform, Mike Piazza. Yeah, I mean, I mean, good, good for him. That's as that awesome. I mean, that's like a, that's a record that you don't expect being broken. I mean, I mean, for a rookie to hit that many home runs, that's awesome. The nothing, fall nothing besides of that. Judge continues. Well, Judge hasn't been. Uh, Judge has definitely uh, turned it up. I he mean, had a home run against Boston, and his 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 strikeout streak has ended. But uh, Benintendi's average, though, we talked about this. Is Benintendi going to catch him for AL Rookie of the Year? Benintendi has surpassed him as far as batting average. And I remember saying, I don't think at this point he would he would be the Rookie of the Year. I just but, love my Benny biceps. I mean, is there? Is there anyone else in the running there? It's going to be the two of them. Yeah, I mean, at this point, it's I mean, just stats wise, it's Ben Tenney. be by by name wise, it'd be Judge. Yeah, the rivalry so, is back. And speaking of rivalries, yeah. So we we touched upon this a few times, but why don't you take this away, uh, Boston fan? The Boston Red Sox have been accused by the New York Yankees of stealing signs using an iWatch. <laughs> Apparently, just... a member of the Red Sox staff was spotted by a Yankees camera using his Apple Watch to communicate Yankee signs to the dugout, I mean, to use for players on the field. The Red Sox have counterattacked the Yankees by filing a a formal complaint against the Yankees saying that the Yankees are using their own television broadcast cameras, the Yes Network, to steal signs from Boston. Like, when when you think of this initially... It's just like two two little kids in the back seat of your father's car saying like He did it first. He did it first. No, he did it first. <laughs> Dad. What do you what do you think about this? Like is how how bad is this for baseball? How bad is it for the teams? When, From what I've been reading, it's common, actually. I mean it it's common, but it just sucks that like it's I mean, stealing signs, I mean, being curious about science has never been like such a bad thing to try to figure it out but like you're not supposed to use like technology and things like that Correct. to figure out their signs and they'll be looking into it definitely they're unsure if they're going to do a formal investigation on it but the complaints are there and they're in they're talking about the most common time to steal base signs is when the runner is on second base that, yeah, I mean, obviously that makes they got to throw the signs out to the guy they can't whisper like oh steal or he's going to do this you have to call it out to him so we'll see what comes of that 
But last thing, we pretty much hit on it. Who are you buying and selling heading into the final month? And when you're looking at teams, who who do you think has a good shot? Who's looking good? Who are you jumping on? I, I mean, the for me, uh, in the NL, it's the Dodgers and the Nationals. I mean, also look awesome. Speaking of the Nationals, I mean, did you see Bryce Harper's Instagram today? Where oh, he, my Lanta. <laughs> he got cornrows. Like, I mean, I used to love Bryce Harper's People hair. People are now. like, please don't it. tell me it's true. Oh, my God. It, it's I, I, I don't know if that, like, how you have to undo that, but please undo that. There's playoff beard, then there's playoff hair. Yeah, that I mean, that, that is losing. true. That is true. But, uh... For that, it, I mean, it's those two are my top two contenders at this point. Just because I feel like uh, the Dodgers are kind of slipping off, and maybe the Diamondbacks a little bit, but eh, I think I don't know. Th- those two are my top two. Not as bad as the Rockies, who have all of a sudden opened up a wild card race. They're definitely one of my sell teams. The Brewers are only two, three games out of the wild card now. Yeah, man, and then, and then for the the AL, I mean, I I just can't think of anyone other than. The Astros. Like, the how, how, how can you? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, the Indians. Yeah, definitely possibly, and they have a. They definitely do have a good shot of repeating at least getting back to the World Series. But like getting past that that hitting and that pitching and the bullpen. I'd of, really like the to Astros. See the Astros, do the it. Astros at this point, like, are just it's like a it's a beautiful team. It is. It, like it's just pure beauty. Like I like I'm not even mad. <laughs> Like I like I I wish the Mets were like that. I mean, and of course, we're not going to be like that for a few more years, considering that we're about to probably blow up. When I mean, you we look already at started how to. bad the Astros were for so long. Yeah, to I, build into this. I mean, like, good for them. They they did it right. They they've done everything right. I mean, they've also they've traded they've traded for a lot of assets, and like it's it's not it's not quite there yet. But it's either like you win this year or you're out type thing. Because I mean. They they do have a a few signs that they need to make and they trade away picks and things like that, but I think I think the Ash like, I just I'm just so memorized by the Astros. But who do you, who do you got? I'd say same thing. Astros, Indians, Boston's been too inconsistent between the hitting yes, and I, the pitching. Ball, they're too inconsistent, and right now they're on a down. I think Boston still needs a few more pieces. And same thing with the Yankees. Too inconsistent. Their bullpen is a living nightmare, which isn't going to win you games in the playoffs. Yeah. Which I think is going to run them into some trouble. So for me, Indians or Astros, you heard it here first. All right. Now let's move on to probably my favorite thing about this weekend, college football. Let's start off with some uh, some quarterback talk. What year of the quarterback? Yeah, man. This is big. Uh, what do you got for us? First off, I love college football is back. It was great to sit around the day after the wedding and play on the football. Year of the quarterback. We're going to mention a few here before we get into some scores and specifics. Personally, my favorite story out of college football. I'm a big Michigan fan, but I love this. Baker Mayfield impresses for his first game back with the Sooners. He had some legal trouble over the offseason. But just the story about him. A flag football quarterback who was just playing intramural sports, got spotted by the team, walked on, is now one of the top quarterbacks in the country. I, I mean, that's such a Kurt Warner story, just being a guy that's packing groceries to a NFL Super Bowl winner and NFL Super Bowl MVP, and also uh, 
MVP of the league. It's like, that's so cool. And, I mean, that'd be sick if something like that were to happen to Baker Mayfield if you were to make it into the NFL and do that. Uh, but you never know with the NFL, especially these days. And speaking of the NFL, Sam Darnold, who was projected at the beginning of the college football season to possibly be the next quarterback of the 0-16 New York Jets. He struggles in his opener for USC's win over Western Michigan. I believe they won the game 42-27, something like that. It was a lot closer than people thought. We're going to get into something about that game later, which I'm sure has been a big headline this week. Do you think that he's playing in the back of the mind like, oh shit, I'm gonna be playing for the Jets next year? <laughs> better uh, drop my stock. <laughs> no, you you better you better not think about that. Uh, you better not think about that. Yeah, the, the, but the, I mean, doubt that. But that's just a thought that people. There was a running joke like Sam Darnold playing his way out of the number one pick so he doesn't have to play for the Jets. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> it's it, it's sad that like he had a bad bad game, but I I think he'll definitely bounce back from that. I mean, I I can't see him not bouncing back considering how. How well he looked. And speaking of bad on. games, Florida State has a howler against Alabama under the lights as Alabama defeats Florida State 24-7 to in a game that was perhaps even more lopsided than the score shows. Florida State lost their quarterback, DeAndre Francois, who actually a lot of people were tweeting looks just like Cam Newton with the helmet on. The running meme of the day was him looking up. And it's like Cam Newton, like, where the hell am I? Yeah. <laughs> um, Rick, can anyone beat Alabama? Uh, hopefully. <laughs> I know, hopefully. Uh, at this point, no. I mean, that's they're, they're better than the Jets and the Browns. And here's something to think about, too, sticking on the theme of the year of the quarterback. You have so many great quarterbacks who have gone through college football in this era, in this era of the Alabama dominance. Name one successful NFL Alabama quarterback. I don't. I don't think I can. Is there Name one? Name one successful Alabama quarterback in college. Other than maybe AJ McCarron made a Heisman oh. run. Damn it! I mean, that was the one I was gonna say. But what are you gonna say? Alabama's done all this without a quarterback. A true like national headline. I mean, yeah, I quarterback. Mean, Alabama has. They always have like suitable, but you know, obviously, a quarterbacks they're, very they're, important. They're a running team. They're, they always like they just like push out running backs, and then they also just push out defense, like linebackers from Alabama. Yeah, the like, defensive line. Their defensive line, their linebackers, even their secondary. Reason like, why it's called the Crimson Tide. <laughs> yeah, I mean the, that's what they're known for. Like not not quarterbacks. I mean that's that's awesome in a way. That's awesome. It sucks for the quarterback that ever plays for Alabama because that's pretty much a death wish right? or. Death notice right there. Speaking of quarterbacks who have absolutely crapped the bed, Wilton Spate is bailed out by the Michigan defense as they preserve a 33-17 win against the Gators in Dallas. Wilton Spate throws back-to-back pick sixes within a three-minute span, and Florida went up. But other than that moment of Wilton Spate just having a total how-do-I-football moment, Michigan's defense was stellar. 190 yards they limited Florida to. Granted, Florida also had to go to their backup quarterback because it wasn't going so hot, and they were missing a lot of key players because they were suspended. Are you buying Michigan as a possible team to push into the playoffs? Um, They're going to be there. I, I mean, the only way – I mean, I don't see now, – now going back to the last game of Florida State – like their their quarter their backup quarterback kind of sucks. 
I think so, Florida State's and they the, dropped to number ten. Yeah, they're they're gone. They're they're gone. Uh, the ACC so, is wide open. Yeah, and that, that's so true there. Uh, Michigan, I think, can make it in, but I mean, I can also see him just them just missing it as well. So because you know what always happens, Ohio State, who has it's something ridiculous. Michigan's only beat them once in like the last fifteen years, something like that. Crazy, crazy statistic. Ohio State, second on my most hated teams list. It goes Arsenal, Ohio State, Ohio State, and the Yankees are tied for second. Um, but that's their biggest thing. I mean, Big Ten's got a championship game now. Not only do they got to get through Ohio State, they got to get through another team that we're going to talk about. In well, actually, let's just talk about them right now. They also got to get through Penn State, who beat Akron fifty-two nothing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's awesome. Akron is nothing special. I mean, fifty-two nothing. I mean, it was definitely lopsided. I mean, it's just Penn State out outperforms on both sides of the ball. There, yeah. I mean, Akron is just nothing special, but. I mean, it doesn't doesn't mean that Penn State isn't good. Is Penn State officially back? When you post, posted that, I was like, what is he trying to get at? Because Penn State almost got into the playoffs last year. What do you mean they're officially back? They, they've been back. Officially back from the Sandusky yes. mishap. I, I mean, you, you just can't keep thinking about that. I mean, yes, they're definitely back that, from that, that. That's what I meant because it was, it was mentioned on a couple of things I'd watch and listen to, like is Penn State officially consistently back and out of the shadow of the whole Sandusky scandal? Yes. Like the, I, the I mean, focus the, is no longer, huh, Penn State likes to come from behind well, in the second half. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're all, I think that will always be a joke, I mean, for the next 20 years. <laughs> but they're back. Like, you, you – no one, no one normally thinks of and, that anymore. And as a neutral, it's good to see. Yeah. So, but what what else you got for us? Teams that made a great comeback. UCLA down thirty four points at Texas A and M, who prematurely celebrated. I don't know if you saw this thing that all these college teams are now celebrating defensive turnovers. Uh, Texas A and M was celebrating with the marching band's uh, marching stick. And it was seen as a little bit of showboating when they went up 34. And then UCLA pulled off that miraculous 34-point comeback to win 45-44 off of a fake spike by Josh Rosen, who had a phenomenal second half for UCLA and is another one of those year-of-the-quarterback candidates. Did, wait, did he get a flag for Sobering? No. Oh, that's interesting because, I mean... Tennessee, if you watch, Tennessee-Georgia Tech played a phenomenal game last night. Yeah, I did watch that. double overtime. Tennessee celebrates defensive touchdowns by taking the football and dunking it into a trash can. Like, one of the, the one of the coaches holds up a trash can and they just take it and dunk it. Oh, or, like it's on the sideline. On the sideline. Okay, see, that that's different. Like, or going in, like... University of Miami does. They have a giant gold University of Miami chain that says the U on it, and whoever creates or gets see, the turnover wears the chain see, on the sideline. That that is completely different. I, like, if, if it's, like, a, a team-based thing like that, that is fine with I think me. it's pretty cool. But, but like, if you're going at, like, was it, like, he went out and took the baton... Of the marching band and start like I'm trying to I'm not 100% march. sure I didn't see it. Okay, so we're just going in on that blind. Uh so if if he just There's like a lot takes of it going blind if, if he just takes it, I mean, that like I don't think that should be allowed. I mean, I'd be surprised if like they didn't throw a flag for that. I mean, in a way, I would also be kind of surprised about the dunking into a trash can thing, but it's also like a team thing that they do together. So like you could say that's overexhilarating of or like just overpowering uh celebration. But I don't 
I don't see it being that bad. Now, if they're like doing like if they like did it on like a ra- like a random trash can that's on the sideline, yes, I see that being bad. That's like the equivalent. I shouldn't say it like this, but I mean when like Ezekiel Elliott jumped into the Salvation Army bucket, it's kind of like that because it was just there on the sideline and you just did that. But it's like a team not building, but just like team coming together celebration. College so, football is more fun than the NFL. Uh, yeah, and it seems like that right now, which is surprising. Um, and then two other headlines. Everyone's saying Texas is finally back. Is Tom Herman made his debut, number 23, and they lose 51-41 to Maryland. Shocking. Just shocking. Maryland's I mean, first win in a very long time against a top 25 team. Shocking. I mean, wasn't was Texas in the top 20? 23. Oh, they were 23. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, uh, everyone's hyping up. Texas is back, baby. Texas is back. They're obviously and... not back, yeah. They're uh, they're in trouble, no more trouble than people are saying. For that. the horns, and arguably, even though my team was on the wrong side of it, I still have to go with Appalachian State beating Michigan in the Big House when Michigan was number five in the country, as oh, yeah. the biggest football, biggest upset in college football history. But looking at the spread line, history, Appalachian State is a subdivision team. Michigan was the number five team in the country playing True. in Michigan. Okay. Where this, Howard plays uh, UNLV and was massive underdogs. Howard, another bowl subdivision team, was actually paid a couple grand. Was paid like, was this, they paid the school 40 grand to play UNLV and they won 43 to 40, which, according to the spread line, is the biggest upset in NCAA football history, according to the Vegas odds, led by Kalen Newton, younger brother of Dabbing celebrating everything else quarterback Cam Newton of the Carolina Panthers. I wonder if he's going to transfer too like Cam did. Dab, dab, dab. Yeah, who knows. I mean that that's that's awesome. I mean that be that's interesting. Like the next Mannings, the next Newtons. That'd be that'd be pretty interesting yeah, to see be, that in the NFL. I know there's a few Newtons around, so that's definitely interesting. But uh yeah, I mean that's that's awesome. I I mean not for UNLV. But just what, I, I, what, I I love I love underdog stories. Underdog stories is like, I mean obviously the best one of all time is the Miracle on Ice. But and just in case if you're wondering, hey Feds and Rick, you haven't talked about the NFL yet. We will be doing our next episode is going to be our NFL preview show episode eight. So don't think we forgot about you folks. Believe us, we're planning a touched, lot of special things for that. Yeah, well we touched on it a little bit today, but like the the big brunt of it we're going to be doing this weekend. So look forward to for that. Let's uh, let's move on to our next segment, which is questionable calls. Questionable calls is brought to you by these blank yellow notepads in front of me that I haven't written on yet. Sponsorship, uh, please, maybe. <laughs> questionable calls is what we do every week. We try to figure out a, like a challenging question for me to answer, or for for feds to answer, and give our our very professional take on it. And we are very professional here, folks. You should you should have seen us at the wedding, all uh, dressed up, all professional. Now let let's go into the first one. What you got for us, Feds? First question: the calamity of the IT Kyrie trade finally comes to an end. Yes, they ended up agreeing with another pick, and the Cavs are now shopping that number one. But let's face a fact: number one overall Brooklyn Nets pick. Um, for whoever wants to listen to it, I'm actually more of a believer that they're not going to be last place. I mean, they, it still could be the number one overall pick, just because the the way the draft Lottery works. Lottery is correct, but I don't I don't think 
I don't think they're going to be the worst yet. And Do I'll... you believe that not necessarily the Cavs, but Isaiah Thomas is in a lot of trouble because of this whole calamity showing that he's now spoiled goods with the injury concerns, his age, he's a uh, dwarf. He Yes, he... I mean, he's not going to last too many more years in the NBA. I mean, if if this injury wasn't a thing, I would say different because I don't think anyone at his size has ever been as dominant, at least in the past so many years, the past 10 years. But uh, like I said in a previous show, uh, how many people that are under six feet have been to an all-star game? Zero. Yeah, very true. I, I'm sorry, after after the age of 30. Zero, and he's 29 now? Yep. So his time as being such a dominant force has come to an end. Does this affect Cleveland on the court? Is yeah. it just another distraction? Uh, and an offseason that has been chock full of them. Uh, I don't see, well, as of this year, I don't think it's going to affect them at all because I'm still predicting a, a Warriors-Cavs version number four. I think finals number four, because I just don't see. I mean, the East is just so weak that the Cavs could just. Besides for Boston, but there's still a lot of questions of does Boston have enough? And Boston doesn't have enough because I don't believe Kyrie is a leader or a good enough leader. On his own, check that out in our last uh, episode six. But uh, I don't. I I I see the Cavs pretty much being the same. I mean, once once Isaiah Thomas gets his injury back together or gets his leg fixed or his hip fixed i think it will still be a dominant force do i think he'll be i think he was averaging like 29 points a game or something like that which is really good that's phenomenal he would he was mr fourth quarter but i don't yeah i mean he still could be but i mean it's gonna be very hard to do that underneath lebron james and i don't see him shooting as much I, I, I could definitely see him passing the ball off more because then you know the baby bron bron's gonna have a fit but uh yeah, I, I, I don't I don't see it affecting him this year. Next year, you just have to see where where the Cavs are going to – or if the Cavs can even keep LeBron because that's just – that's a question no one can answer. Like, at this point, the, I mean, the Cavs have tried to sign him to multi-year deals where he, he gets the option to keep it or move on every single time he's, he's wanted more money. It almost seems like in the East, the Cavs are their own biggest competition. The only way stop the only thing stopping the Cavs is the Cavs. Yeah, it's it's just crazy. It's crazy how they've that had works more out. distractions than the Trump administration and everyone leaving in and out all the time. <laughs> True. True. Spe- spe- speaking of that, um, our next question, our next topic too, is trouble in paradise for the U.S. men's national soccer team, defeated by Costa Rica two nothing in front of a home crowd at Red Bull Arena and then went down to Honduras earlier today and drew 1-1 to salvage a point in a game that they were outplayed, out-hustled, out-everything. Bobby Wood was able to pull in a 84th-minute tap-in on just a very scrappy play, which prevents the USA's World Cup chances from dropping to near 50%. At the beginning of last week, our chances of qualifying were 90. They were in the 70s. Now, if we lost to Honduras today, it would have been near 50%. Is for so because we're just joking around about um, White House survivor Bruce Arena, manager of the U.S. men's national soccer team, has admitted that Trump's anti-immigration policies do affect the team and do bring down the United States. Obviously, you look at 
their competition in what's called the Hex, the other final five teams to make the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Mexico, Costa Rica, Honduras, Panama, Trinidad. What do they all have in common? Spanish players? Yep. Mm-hmm. So do you think that that's really having that much of an effect on the team? Uh... It, it could. I, I mean, it, it, it truly does could because it makes it hard for foreign players that want to play for eventually for America to come into and play for America. I, I could definitely believe that, um, which which sucks for U.S. soccer. I was about to say U.S. hockey. U.S. soccer, but I, I definitely can believe that. What do you think? Yeah. You watch them when they go to these other countries, especially when they had to play in Mexico. It was pretty hostile. Yeah, I couldn't even hear the national anthem over the amount of booze in Estadio Azteca mm-hmm. after everything that's been going on. And it's something you got to think about, too, is it makes it that much more tougher on the United States, even in their home, um, even on home soil. When I went to El Salvador versus the United States in Philly at the Gold Cup quarterfinals, there were so many El Salvador, I thought I was on El Salvador home game. And the United States is getting booed left and right. Yeah, um, and it's it's crazy. I, I wouldn't I, honestly. I never would have thought of that. Like the, it's crazy. That, that one really challenged me. Reading into the next question, a lot of people are criticizing U.S. soccer for making their game against Costa Rica, which was played last Friday night. They play in Red Bull Arena in Newark. That place is a effing dump. I hate Red Bull Arena. I hate the Red Bulls. I hate everything about that organization. But we know from growing up in New Jersey, that's a very Hispanic populated area. Do you believe it was a mistake by U.S. soccer for giving the U.S. that game in Red Bull Arena in a heavily uh, Hispanic populated section of the state? Usually they play their no. games in Columbus. Yeah, I just, I just think... Dallas... I, I don't think that's a disadvantage. There was a lot of people who were very upset. 30% of the crowd was Costa Rica, and they said you could have sworn it was a Costa Rica home game. Yeah. So there was a lot of people who were very upset with that decision to put that game at Red Bull Arena in a very Hispanic-populated area, knowing, hey, there's probably a lot of people from have Costa Rica families or this come from Costa Rica here. Why don't we play them there? And one of what at that point was our biggest qualifying match for the World Cup. Uh, and that leads into the third part of this question. Is the U.S. really in that much danger of missing the World Cup as everyone's hyping it up this team? Uh, they, I mean, they definitely have a chance to bounce back, but they really need to get their shit together. Yeah. I mean, like a, a loss and a tie to those teams, which are definitely beatable teams for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, like that's like, how are we gonna do Co- against like Mexico? I, I give the credit to Co- Costa Rica is a phenomenal team. They have some great young players. They got Kilar Navas, goalie for Real Madrid, one of the best goalies in the world in net for them. But on the turn, we had beaten Costa Rica again. This was our B team against their B team as well in the Gold Cup semifinals. We beat them two nothing for them to turn around and beat us. They beat us in World Cup qualifying on a total aggregate score of six nothing. Because that was the game that got Klinsman fired. We went down. We lost 2 nothing to Mexico and looked atrocious in Columbus. And it went to Costa Rica and lost 4 nothing. And then Klinsman was out the door. My thing is, I do think 
they are in trouble for the World Cup. Tying Honduras tonight does this. Their next two qualifiers are Panama and Trinidad in October. They win those two, they're in. Yeah. Simple. If by some reason they drop to fourth, they will have a playoff game against some team from the Asian Confederation to get a bid spot into the World Cup. Okay. The way they are performing is frightening. Yeah. Costa Rica made a run deep into the World Cup. You're struggling with Honduras, who they beat 6 nothing in March. And you're having a hard time with them. What's going to happen when you get England, Belgium, Germany, Argentina, Brazil, Spain, Italy? Any one of those teams, even just in your group, even Ghana. We 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 have some, mat, like out of nowhere, we have this rivalry with Ghana because it seems like we play them in every single World Cup and the game is massive that we end up playing them in. They wouldn't beat them at this rate that they're going at right now. They looked awful tonight against Honduras. A lot of dumb fouls. Pulisic has three men on him, and everyone's just being like, but you're, you're Christian Pulisic. You can do it all. Yeah. You're the wonder kid. Someone else has to step up. Thankfully, Bobby Wood did tonight. It was, again, it was a pretty ugly goal. Just a ball bounced around on the box off of a free kick. At this point, I mean, that's, I mean, for, for sometimes the U.S. getting into – like, the World Cup, it's just ugly play at times. That's somehow that works for them. And Landon Donovan had sent out a tweet today saying that. He said, when you look at it in the grand scheme of things, the U.S. always has, every single time the World Cup qualifying comes around, they have some loss. And it's like, all right, they're not going to make the World Cup, which is why I don't believe they're in that much trouble as everyone's making it out to seem. Because, again, it's simple. Beat Panama. Beat Trinidad. We get Panama on home soil. You beat them. We're in the World Cup. So you slip up, somehow we finish the fourth. We still get a probable game against some team from the Asian Confederation. Our chances are still pretty good, but if we want to make it to the round of 16, we got to clean our act up very quickly. True. Yeah, nothing we can do about that. But uh, those were questionable calls. Thank you for that again, Feds. Feds is very good at that. And let's, uh, let's move into our final segment, which is the final drive. So, final drive, which is brought to you by our Martan Road Door Bobblehead. The goat. Uh, Final driver, we're going to go through some headlines that were big, but were not as big. With a big exception to some breaking news, which we were going to talk about in the final drive anyway, so let's get into it. Um, Going into our recording session tonight in our lovely New Hope Studios... No leads on the Ezekiel Elliott suspension case, but word has just broke that the NFL has decided to uphold his six-game suspension. His lawyers have already released a statement that they will continue to fight this, and Adam Schefter has stated there's still a possibility it gets wiped out. But at this very moment, he still has a six-game suspension. So I, I had a feeling this was going to happen that it wasn't going to get reversed at all or, like, reduced at all. But it just still mind-bottling. Just what do they have? I no, Nothing's been released. I, I want to know. I Yeah, I want to know. I mean, like, I'm, I'm going in blind on this one as well. But what do they have? Because nothing's been I th- released. I think everyone's Every, going in blind every, on this one. Everyone's saying, yeah, exactly. He says, she said. Like, he's saying that 
this girl is trying to get money and like ruin his career and shit like that. Unless it's that that the NFL is looking at it as in he said, she said, everyone's got conflicting stories and here you go, still six games. But again, what is that evidence? But yeah, I mean, but also, I mean, I don't know. Actually, I really don't know how, how he brought this up, but like the, the people that were interviewing said the one lady that was a part of it said there really shouldn't be any suspension upheld. The one lady that was part of the interviews of the the ex-girlfriend said that, but the NFL didn't follow it. I, rem- I remember seeing that on Twitter, talking about it with friends, and reading about it on different news sites. Like, that's... With that there, uh, it just... It just... I keep saying this, and I keep saying this over and over again. The NFL has no right... It Well, the NFL... Yeah, has no right at this point to make any judgments like this ever. Considering, like I said a couple weeks ago, they're an entertainment business. They know how to do things entertaining. They're they're not they're not very good at governing at certain things, especially like this, or charging people or suspending people. It's just so poorly done. It just let's just pull something out of our ass and suspend this guy. Rick, I see your face getting red and since it's the final drive we're supposed to hit on him real quick. I, 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 let's uh I, no, I, I'm trying I, to save your face here. <laughs> it just and no, it's just like crazy. Like it, this is absolutely crazy. Like I I if he actually did something then hell yeah, suspend him for honestly, I would I would want him suspended even longer. But I mean, 6 games needs to be like a standpoint for him. Or for anyone that does this, not for him. I'm not saying because it's, it's until proven guilty. I still don't believe he's necessarily guilty. It's, it's from the what... NFL. We're guilty until proven innocent. Yeah, well, I mean, a, anyone on social media would say the same thing besides Dallas Cowboys fans. Well, most of them at least. But yeah, uh, we know let's... from that poll that we ran. <laughs> yeah, let's let's get into the final drive. Uh, what, what you got first? I'll, I'll let myself breathe a little bit. Yeah, I'll give you a second here. Uh, members of the Cleveland Police Officers and Paramedics Unions who are supposed to participate in holding the giant American flag in week one for the Cleveland Browns will refuse to participate because of Cleveland's ongoing kneeling during the national anthem and the organization choosing not to stop it. Dumb. Wrong. It's, it's, just, it's just all dumb. Wrong. <laughs> What do, you, what do you mean wrong? Just I just had to throw in something like along those lines of this one to the throw. I mean, what, like like I said a couple weeks ago, is still something that stands when people have the argument of like it's people fighting for our freedoms, like the, giving us the first amendment right to do that. Yeah, right. That was your yeah. I mean, I, opinion. I guess that's not necess- I mean, that's kind of not necessarily what the police and the paramedics are supposed to do. I just still think it's like no no reason why you need to do this. Because pretty much them's kind of they're they're protesting it just in for it's a counter protest for them doing the same thing pretty much. They're protesting a protest. It's a dream within a dream, within a dream within a Taco Bell within a KFC. Uh, what do you got next? Jake Olson, a blind member of the USC football team, long stents, long stents, long snaps. A PAT against Western Michigan. That was a cool moment. Yeah, I, that I was, was a great story. Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't know if he's going to be doing it more this season. They like, said I, their goal is that if they're going to be in games where it's pretty obvious they're going to win, he will get more opportunities. I mean, that, that's awesome. And give, they give said like he that. was supposed to get his opportunity earlier, but USC struggled yeah. against Western Michigan. So they said we had to wait till later, but he will be getting his chance. And he did like a great job. I mean, it was it was a little high and towards the uh, 
the holder's head, but it's still, I mean, for a blind guy, it's awesome. And Rick, I know you're a golf guy, so I'll give you the next one as well. Okay, uh, Justin Thomas wins the Dell Technologies Championship, the fifth tournament of the year. Why is this not a bigger story? Because he's not Jordan Spieth. Is there a rivalry between him and Spieth? I would, I mean, no, because, I mean, Spieth hasn't necessarily been that great this year. Uh, I mean, no one's been close to Thomas. I mean, in the past few years, sure, I guess there'd be a rivalry, quote unquote. But I feel like Justin Thomas isn't getting the respect he deserves. I would definitely say so. I would agree with you on that. I've been hearing his name a lot more. Speed, it was his miraculous, miraculous hold on at the, at the open. Yeah, man. Um, what you got next for us? Isaiah Thomas will be wearing number three for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yes. Changing from yes, he is. Kyrie will be wearing number 11. My dad's company's clients have boxes. I think you said this like three weeks in a row. Because I need, because I need to buff. Are, are, is, your, is, to... is your dad? Does your dad listen to this podcast? And eventually, you're just gonna get a text from him, just saying, "All right, already." Yes. That's the ultimate goal. Uh, next, Martin Truex Jr. has locked up the NASCAR Monster Energy Cup Series playoff first the first spot in the playoffs jersey boy jersey boy and also at the same time around the same time earlier earlier this past week nascar revealed the new cup for the winner of the monster energy nascar cup series and it is pretty awesome that looks really really cool i'm gonna pull up a few of the stats on that uh real quick i love how the first one like they incorporated every single track some way into the trophy so uh probably people don't necessarily know this uh, there are 23 tracks in the top division, the Monster Energy Cup Series division, uh, that are a part of this. They race 36 races plus a few bonus races a year. Uh, all of them are going to be, there are a part of the design of the cup. Part. Next, the cup weighs 68 pounds and is 37 inches tall. Next, it holds roughly, the, the cup holds roughly 600 ounces, which because it's Monster Energy, what they put was over 37 Monster Energy drinks, 16 ounce drinks. I'm telling you, I wouldn't be putting 600 ounces of Monster in that thing after I won that. I don't think I would either. Uh, it's made of uh, hand-formed series steel. Uh, has a Monster Claw embedded in the base. Uh, it took 300 plus hours of craftsmanship and made of machine this is a badass cup, and I tweeted about it, it earlier, really cool. early this week. This is definitely one of the, the top trophies now in sports. I, I mean, like like NASCAR or not, comparing the look of trophies is so badass. But uh, what you got next for us? Up next, the Houston Rockets were sold for $2.2 billion, a record sale. Their new owner, arguably the coolest name in sports, Tillman J. Fertitta. I don't know if it's for Tita or for Tita. I mean, it could be like that because I, I had a few people uh, text me today going like, LOL for Tita. He is the CEO of Landry's Restaurant as well as a few other things. The biggest sale in NBA history of a team. What do you think of their ownership changing right after all these moves they made in the offseason acquiring Chris Paul? Uh, I mean, it just seemed like the owner, I mean, it seemed like he's still well part of the team and still wants to be there for the team but i guess he kind of just like 
It's like, I need to retire. Like, he's tired of all this stress. And for $2.2 billion, I would be tired as well. Yeah. So I... I would be I, very, very I mean, tired. And, I mean, Tillman seems like he, he's very into things like this. Like, because I know he owns, like... Uh, well, the company that he he's a CEO owns, like, aquariums, restaurants, like, many steakhouses, uh, Joe's Crab Shack, like, that. that's what Landry's owns. So he's in kind of, kind of like the entertainment service business type thing. So he does kind of have a background in that. So I think it's, I think it's a plus for the Houston Rockets. This next one you've been talking about a few times on our show, and it's finally come true. Le'Veon Bell finally reports to the Steelers and signs his franchise tag. I was getting a little worried there that he wasn't going to show up for week one. Is his absence from training camp going to affect him in week one? That's good. I mean, he has trained like hell down in my, He was training in Miami, and he has pretty much been trained nearly every day. But, I mean, it's not the same as actual football. So, it could. I'm, I'm curious. I, I, I am actually really curious, and that's definitely the biggest thing I'm going to be watching for when they play the Browns this week. I mean, thankfully, they're playing the Browns this week, so it's kind of like a preseason game. But, uh... Ooh, burn. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, I'm just happy that he's back. What you got next for us? You say you're tired of talking about him, but he still finds a way back into our podcast. LaMelo Ball may lose his NCAA eligibility because of his $400 sneaker that he has, his big baller brand, because as you know, NCAA athletes cannot receive any benefits from anything that they sell. And obviously, LaMelo Ball is in high school, has already signed with, um, committed to UCLA, and has his own sneaker for a bargain $400. Barball said, the NCAA can't tell me shit. They are not my boss. Uh, I mean, this is very curious. I, like, I, I want, I'm, I'm actually very curious if this will actually work and LaMelo would be able to play for the NCAA. It's it also funny, is, isn't, there's another brother that's playing for UCLA right now that doesn't have his own shoe. Yeah. So that, that's kind of interesting. Also, I read something. LaMelo Ball drives around a Lamborghini or something. He, yep. For his birthday, he got a Lamborghini. He's driving to high school in a fucking Lamborghini. He's driving to high school in a fucking Lamborghini. Now, granted, I I was I bought my own car and it was a nice car. It was a Dodge Charger. But it was not a Lamborghini. It was not in high a school. gifted Lamborghini. In high school. Silence. Fuck. Hello. <laughs> I mean, this like just the, the ridiculousness of that is just unbearable. And honestly, honestly, this one uh, you probably know a little more about that than I do. So I'll let you finish the last one. Alright, uh, the big three, which actually, according to ratings, kept a successful first season. Danielle Martin's team of former New Jersey Net won the championship. He cried like a little girl. He finally got a ring. He did not win the finals at all while he was in the NBA. Is that what, is that what they win? Is it a ring? Um, the ring trophy. I'm sure something along those lines. They had a very successful season. And Ice Cube promised they will be back for season two with possibly a more talented pool of players. For one problem, though. The Big Three and Q are facing a $250 million lawsuit from the Champions Basketball League for stealing ideas from the league. This was the Champions Basketball League was aimed to be like another like retirement league. 
uh-huh kind of thing and apparently not only on top of stealing ideas some players from the big three had expressed interest in also playing in the cbl and ice cube personally threatened them with either massive fines or expulsion from the big three if they went to the champions basketball league and let's just note the champions basketball league didn't even kick off its opening week was canceled and the league looks like it's already dead yeah that's kind of unfortunate and um, ice cube beat him to it I, I mean i'd like to think that that's not necessarily true well uh, the fact that like he took their idea i mean any anyone could call it that idea. that's such a it's such a weird it's like one of those things like yeah, you could have followed it, but I could have followed it at the same time. I mean, if, if, like, Ice Cube was in the room with them, and then it was like, no, nah, I'm just going to do my own thing. Like, I see that more, but, like, they're just, I feel like they're just claiming things at this point. But what do I know? I'm not a lawyer. I wasn't there. Yeah. So none of you were there to see it happen, unless you were Brandon Stark, who sees everything. Yeah. And finally was useful. Yes. We got to wait two years for Thrones, dude. What the hell? Yeah, that's rough. That is so rough. I still actually, I uh, I don't know if you kept up this season. I, I'm still, I still only watched the second episode of, uh, not Game of Thrones, Hard Knocks. Yeah, no. I was about to say, I, I, I was like, you've only watched the first two episodes of Thrones. This no, no, season? no, 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 no. The, no, that's that's not complete. I actually need to watch the last episode again because I feel like by talking with people this weekend at the wedding, I feel like I just missed so much. But uh, even yeah, in, even in the last two episodes, I probably missed a lot for some reason. Like it just what people were talking about, but. Anyway, that is it for us. Yeah. So thank you guys very much. We we're, were so happy to be back on air with we're you We're so today. happy to be back. This, this is actually maybe our longest episode. I, I need to add up the times that... We had a very, very long absence. Yes, and we'll be making it up with two podcasts this week. Yeah, so congratulations. So, yeah, like, look at you. Ooh. Ooh. But uh, thank, <laughs> thank you guys again. Uh, we'll be up on SoundCloud and and I was about to say Spotify, iTunes, uh, check us out. Again, check out our friends, uh, Full Slice Podcast. They're a very funny group. You should also check those guys out. Uh, but saying that, I'm Rick. I'm Feds. Thank you for listening to the Wide Open Sportscast. The Good almost night. world famous Good night, everybody. Sportscast. See ya. Do you believe these guys are our future leaders in America? Thank you so very much. For all the appreciation and all the great moments that we've experienced together. You stay classy. That's all, folks.